Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we are off and running here on our first post-game edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast here on the Be Heard podcast platform in partnership with Hoopball. We are thrilled that you are here with us as we embark on this 71-1 campaign uh, from the Sacramento Kings. I mean, surely it's going to be a 71-1 campaign. They coughed one up to the Phoenix Suns, but that's really no big deal. They've looked really good in all of their other games, and they've looked their best Jill Adge, host of the show, in their two games against Denver. And I think there's a fair argument that tonight's game, and thank you to those who are listening tonight. For some of you, it may have been last night's game. Uh, this might have been their best all-around performance so far of this very young season. Yeah, um, it's been nice. By the to- way, just real quick, Jill is broadcasting from Denver. She wasn't at the game. She's not normally I'd be able to be at the game. (laughs) No, she's not in her home studio. She's uh, bundled up in, in chilly Denver, Colorado. So I just kind of wanted to set the scene for everybody, but go ahead. Best performance of the King John season so far. Um, Yeah, it's been, it's been nice to see um, them play a little bit more, I would say consistently. And when they've had lapses, um, for the first time in a long time, uh, it seems like they've been able to overcome those lapses and not completely fall apart. Where in previous seasons, when they have a bad third quarter, uh, they completely fall apart. And yeah. we we haven't seen that. It's still early, yes, but against good opponents that they're playing right now, um, it, it is nice to see. They they allowed for the normal, you know, Denver guys to go off against them. Really the only surprise one I would say was Monty Morris, but he essentially just took the role of, of Jamal Murray, but um, they kind of were forcing the rest of the Denver bench to beat them to where the Kings bench offensively showed up. I wouldn't necessarily say defensively they showed up, um, but they did enough on the offensive side to get to get through. And Mark, I think it's Mark Spears that just put up that they've scored 455 points throughout these four games, and that is their largest total to start the season um, since wow. they've relocated from Sacramento, and the second largest uh, besides um, an Oscar Robertson year um, way back. Uh, but yeah, so no, it's it's been nice to see that we're we're seeing stretches on offensive side as well as the defensive side for the first time in a long time. And we're seeing um, guys at times. I mean, I know when I was in high school and stuff, it was, you know, they'd have you do the drills, like you're moving on a string together, you know, and we're actually starting to see guys mm-hmm. kind of move yeah. on the string together. And we haven't seen that 
And so, and that's when, you know, a, a group is moving as one and that's what you want to see. So it's, it's been exciting in that aspect. I, I, I think what you're saying, and, and this is, this is weird. It, it feels like a team. Yeah. This, 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 it feels like a, a, a cohesive unit. It feels like a group of guys that are playing together. And I'm drawn back to something that Luke Walton said almost positive it was the first day of training camp if it wasn't the first day it, it might have been the second point being it was it was really early in training camp and he was talking about you know he loved it it was the first day of them actually like practicing to, to be clear it was like their first day of practices and he was like you know i i i love the energy um i i i love the excitement and the mood and then he said something that really stuck with me he said i love the buy-in and no one like pushed him to elaborate. No one did anything like that. I just, that term stuck with me. And I think what we're seeing right now through four regular season games, and you could argue even through four preseason games is you're seeing a team buying in. You're seeing them buying into being a cohesive unit. You're seeing them. And you mentioned that the bench kind of stepped in, wasn't, you know, particularly great on the defensive end. You could argue that the Kings as a team weren't particularly great on the defensive end, at least not through a stretch of 48 minutes. They had a, you know, a, a death spell uh, through a three and a half, four minute stretch in the third quarter that almost spelled the end of them and I, I ultimately didn't. But uh, this is a, a, a unit that is playing together. They're buying at least into the defensive philosophy and tonight was a game where things came together a little bit more offensively than they have in games past. Yeah. And I had said during the game too, that this was really the only game that I'd kind of questioned some of the, the lineup choices. I didn't have a problem with who was put in. It was kind of when they were put in or a lack mm -hmm. of adjustments. Like our, our bench played perfectly fine, outplayed their bench. But when you have Kojo and belly going against Michael Porter Jr., who then gets 30 and 10 on you, like asking Kojo to guard him to me makes absolutely yeah. no sense. Like that yeah. that just didn't make sense to me. And that's when you saw that lapse in the third quarter. And then as soon as Holmes, Barnes, and Heald got back in, they went on their 20 to three run. Like it, it picked right back up. Um, so like, yes, I'm criticizing belly and Kojo, but I also didn't feel like they were being put in the best situations either. To me, you have a guy like GR three on the bench with a little bit more height. I would have made in fresh legs. Maybe I would have gone there. Well, um, you know, what's interesting but, about that. Cause I, I looked at that too. This is the second, and this is only standing out to me because I, I, I pointed it out earlier on the radio show, which is, it's not even something I was thinking about, but He's done a nine-man rotation in Except both game. I yeah, in, yeah. Well, in 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 I mean, the Phoenix game was kind of a, a, a disaster. The yes. Sunday game, yeah. On on the Saturday game with Phoenix, he played Glenn Robinson, and then um, it was a nine-game rotation, or excuse me, a nine-man rotation in the first game against Denver. So he's kind of he's already you know he he has a tight group that he runs with and he, and he kind of stays with the flow. You can pick apart like when guys come in and what the matchups are and different things like that. And that's, you know, understandable, but he, he has guys that he's really settled in on and he hasn't really deviated much from it. Yeah. And, and 
Bagley had his best, you know, first half, and then he went cold halfway through the third, and we didn't see him again. I I don't know what was going on there, but to me, again, that's, you know, kind of hypocritical if you're going to sit him out for going cold when you had other guys in there who weren't necessarily executing either. Um, So I guess that's something to watch going forward, but there could have been more to that. I don't know. Or by the time they put in the rest of the subs, it, they were on that run. So that you just let it go. Um, but regardless, we got the win. It was nice. And Halliburton's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. Um, but that also kind of seems like the norm for him. Like, I don't feel like he's playing outside of himself, right. which is really exciting. Um, and it's not necessarily showing up in all the stats, but his presence in the second unit is really solidifying that group um, and bringing a steady presence to them that I feel like we haven't had in a long time either. There's no moment too big for him. I mean, he had some clutch shots uh, against Denver. Like he stepped up, he plays like a veteran. And he even, you know, listening to him talk to Mark and Doug after the game, he talks like a veteran. Like, he doesn't talk like a guy who's been in the league for five weeks or six weeks. You know what I mean? He's completely composed. And, you know, maybe this is the value of, you know, so often because, it, it, you know, this was the case with De'Aaron. Um, I, it, it was the case for Marvin as well in that you have guys that are drafted here and it's like, hey – you know, 11 years, 12 years, 13 years, 14 years. Our franchise stinks like our last star player was this malcontent who half the fan base hated. Uh, influential members of the media trashed him on a regular basis, just spoiled the whole relationship. Come save us. Come save our franchise. Whereas Tyrese Halliburton is drafted at 12, and it's like, uh, okay, cool. Like, we've got a new front office. We get, I don't know. And he steps right in and he's like the greatest rookie we've ever seen in history. And we want to give him all the awards. Right. And then right after. Tyrese Halliburton gets the first statue at Golden One Center. Right. Right after we were hearing the reports of him and his agent were trying to fault to us. Right. right. We love you even more. (laughs) We're like, but why? (laughs) It's it's such a. It, it, it's such a, you know, it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And to see he's, he's totally in a position where the young man's not even starting, you know, I mean, he's playing massive minutes on a, you know, a night to night basis in the first, I mean, he played, every game. he played 25 minutes tonight. He played 30 in the overtime game against Denver. Like he's, he's been an integral part of, of everything they're doing for context purposes. Uh, Marvin Bagley played 23. Rashawn Holmes played 32. Like, he's playing major, major minutes. Corey Joseph played 23. And by the way, I don't want to be like Mr. Overreaction guy, but anybody who had an issue with the with the, with the the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing, do you still have an issue with it? Because if you retain Bogey, if you match it, even if you do it with the thing that I just vehemently did, disagreed with it, and you do it with the, oh, we'll match it and trade him later. Even if you did that, you still have to play him, right? And what are we seeing right now from Tyrese Halliburton? Right. We'd be seeing Kojo over Halliburton if Bogey's there. So, so I, I truly believe that, that you would not be seeing him right. Yeah. Or, I mean, or at least I find it hard to believe. 
So do we all collectively feel better about that? Like, does it, it, it like I haven't heard Bogey's name brought up too much, but I was thinking about like, wow, looking at, cause I was looking at his numbers. I was really looking at him from the first Denver game. Like, wow. He really played a lot in the game. Like, holy crap. He's played a lot this entire season. He's an integral part of, of what the Kings are doing. And, and his name doesn't need to be, not that there's venom towards him, but no, the, you know, I see Dante's of, name more than any, but more than bogey's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, that's what Dante's balling. Right? <laughs> like Dante well, is to, balling. Yeah. And when you talk about the asset thing, like to me, that's, that's who they tried to get. They did what they could. Um, but it, with it, when it comes to bogey and Hallie, it seems like it, it worked out best for both parties of, of how it's done. He's playing well in Atlanta, you know, working well with Trey, like that's, that's going great. And, and we have Halliburton who seems to have found um, a, a niche here. So it's like, it, it seems to work out for both parties. So, and if Bagley keeps playing like this too, then you're going to have to pay that guy. So, you know, I mean, Again, you'd have (laughs) flexibility issues. So I don't remember if you said this stat on the show while we were recording or before uh, we started recording. The Kings have scored 455 points during four games this season. Okay, so you did point that out. The team's second most in franchise history behind only 486 in 1960-61. And that was Oscar Robertson's rookie season for the Cincinnati Royals. Also, this three-and-one season, it's tied for the team's best four-game start uh, since they started 4-0 and in the 2001-02 season. Uh, they also started 3-1 and in 2014-15, 2010-11, 2003-2004, and 2002-2003. So even three-and-one, it's been a while. Right. So does that mean um, Hallie equals Oscar Robinson? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's fair. I think that's fair. You know who Ro- Oscar Robertson equals is, or who equals o- Oscar Robertson, I should say, is Nikola Jokic. Like, oh. Nikola Jokic is just racking up. Like, he's, he, like, when Russell Westbrook was getting, and, and Russell Westbrook has done it this season, too. When, he, when he's been getting these triple doubles over the last three years, it, it, or four years now, I guess, it's was like a, you were kind of like locked. Okay. Is he going to do it? Cause he would be at like 30 points and you know, 10 rebounds, 10 assists or something like that. It's like, is he going to do it? Is he going to get that one more assist? He's going to get that rebound. Nikola Jokic just winds up with a triple double every night. Like he, it's, it's, it's not even something you're paying attention to. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, he's got another triple double. Right. And I remember last year and they were giving him crap saying, Oh, he's out of shape you know, and he, oh, he was out of shape this. to start last season. And, and, and then it was like, he flipped a switch. <laughs> well, like, yeah. The, well, the season I mean, went on suspension. Like I remember like, last year, d- d- tell me you don't remember Rashawn Holmes running circles around him last season. And I remember thinking, man, Rashawn Holmes. And I think the Kings wound up losing that game, but I remember thinking, man, Rashawn Holmes just wore Jokic out. And then I turned into Denver like two days later and Jokic was being worn out by somebody else. And then I tuned in a couple of days later and Jokic was being worn out by somebody else. But then the suspension came and he lost like 30 pounds or whatever it was. And he showed up in the bubble and it was like, okay, his st- and not, and I'm not, I don't mean to insinuate that his like wind was bad the entire year and somehow he was trash last season, but his conditioning was an issue before he the March suspension. He was hard in Denver. Yeah. Like by Denver media, it was like an ongoing 
And so just for the record, by the way, tonight, he had 26, 11, and 12. <laughs> the quadruple double for Nikola Jokic. Effortless. It he had effortless. Jokic, 26, 11, 12, and 10 turnovers. He had the old uh, Russell Westbrook quadruple double. Wow. I didn't, I knew he had had, I, had I knew he was kind of racking up turnovers. I didn't realize he had 10, though. My goodness. There were some big time performances. You mentioned Jamal Murray was out, dude. Michael Porter. Michael Porter to me is when you look around the league and you see teams that are struggling right now, like, Denver is at the struggling to a certain degree. You see, like the Lakers are average. The Celtics are average. The Bucks are average. I think the teams, I think there is a fair theory that the teams that played late into the bubble, I think the Miami Heat lost by a million tonight or close to it. I think there's a theory that some of the teams, and it's a fair theory in my opinion, that some of the teams that played later in the bubble um, are, 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 don't, they don't really have their footing yet. Yeah, well, I, and I would say losing Grant, they they played him as a starter and off the bench. I think losing him was was a big loss to that to that bench group. And then you have Barton, who was out mm-hmm. injured, who was really good, but he's trying to work himself back into the new players around him. Um, you have Jamal Murray out. I just think there are still moving pieces there that they're trying to figure out. How, and then you had the trade where they traded Beasley um, and Hernan Gomez. Like, I just think they're trying to still figure out what their bench really is going to look like in their depth because they're, they're fine in their starters. I mean, that's. Well, I, 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 I completely agree. But what I also think about Michael Porter Jr. is he could be the difference between them taking that next step and not. If he keeps playing like this, hundred percent. Because because this is a team that I think ultimately will figure it out. This is a team oh, just yeah. like I think the Celtics are going to figure it out. Just like the I think the Lakers are going to hit a stretch where they become dominant. Like Denver is going to be one of those teams. And to me, their season, wh- whether they fall short of the Western Conference or they're back in the Western Conference Finals, hinges on Michael Porter Jr. To me, yeah, because and he has yeah. like superstar material all over him. And it's crazy how young their core is too. Like they, I mean, they should be good for a while. Like there's no, I mean, the trio of Jokic, Murray and and Porter, if they keep doing what they're doing, I don't see much slowing them down. Yeah. This was a game of two, uh, there's there's two runs that really come into play. We, we, we mentioned one a moment ago, the 17-0 run in a, in a four minute stretch. In the and then of all people, it was Hassan Whiteside that slowed things down. Hassan Whiteside with a putback, and I think actually Hassan Whiteside scored uh, four straight points for the Sacramento Kings. And again, he was the one who kind of settled it down. The Kings had a double-digit lead that couldn't have, have evaporated quicker. And then there was the run in the fourth quarter for the Sacramento Kings. I think it was a thirteen to three run in the fourth quarter that gave them. At one them point, it got twenty to three. Beautiful and higher. Yep. I stopped taking notes after 13 to three. Um, but Ed, that was, that was the, the stretch that, and it, and ultimately it became a game that they won by, by 10 points, but those were the two leads or excuse me. Those were the two stretches, the two runs that really define this game. And I think much like the first Denver game, the first game of the season, the Kings, they were 
they didn't take their first lead in that game until maybe like seven minutes left in the third. They were constantly playing from like five back, six back, seven back. They never let the game get out of hand. They they kept it within striking distance. And finally in the third quarter, they struck. This game was a little bit different, but I think it shows a similar resolve in that they had a lead, like a nice lead, a good seven, eight, double digit lead at one point. That just disappeared. And then it became a deficit. And then it was like, okay, we're about a possession away from this getting really, really out of hand. And De'Aaron hit a huge three in the corner that, uh, that, 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 that brought them, I think, within five at that point or within four. And then you had the Tyrese Halliburton three that I think came shortly after that. So they've shown a couple of times this year that they can play from behind. I think they showed today that you, know, you can play really well. You can hit one of those lulls. You can hit one of those stretches. And it's where, you know, that familiar third quarter where we're constantly looking for the team to fold and they don't and they yeah. stay strong and they keep playing and, and they hit those big shots again from, from both the Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton hit, hit major, major baskets that wound up helping them get the win. Yeah. And I'm optimistic that, <laughs> that hoping that, that, that will continue, but like, I, I don't remember um times like this and then you know in the in recent past that they've been able to overcome those those lapses yeah. um or at least not have their you know the body language of looking defeated and like here we go again and like they were continually staying on it like let's go let's go let's go and one of the things that whether I don't know if this was Walton's plan or not you know let let the the starters, you know, rest and keep it close. And then I'm going to throw them back in and they're going to use their fresh legs and go on a 20 to three run and just run, you know, on the, a back to back for, for Denver that didn't have the legs. If that was his plan, kudos. Cause it's a it good worked. plan. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it worked. If, if that's why some of the head scratcher, you know, rotations were what they were kudos because it worked. Um, and and you know kudos to the players that for for keeping it close and and not folding and and keeping it going and Halliburton for showing the poise and even having some of those he had that one steal that and then took it for the little the little floater um layup and you saw how pumped he was after and um you know Darren was jumping off the bench and all excited and it was just nice seeing um a young player who had the poise to, um, to stay in it like that. Yeah. And again, we're, we're seeing it on both sides of the court and that that's been a lot of fun to see the first four games of the season. Really. I feel like we've had, because it was last game. It was the first part of the third quarter was fine. It was the second half. I feel like that this game, we, you know, most of the third wasn't great, but you had a little bit at the end that was okay. So it's like in four games, we've seen really maybe one quarter of just bad basketball. Yeah. At this, you know, knock on wood, I, I will like, that's a lot of quarters. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) You know, our big thing with them is staying consistent. And so we're, you know, we're seeing that more of, can you just keep playing, you know, at least three fourths of that game? Cause you know, Basketball is a game of runs and mm-hmm. can you keep yourself in it? And can you go on those runs and things like that? If, if they keep doing this, 
it's hard to to not see them at least be in every game. So on the Wednesday uh, opener against Denver, the bench scored 41 points, 18 rebounds and 11 assists tonight again against Denver, 38 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. This bench is performing and not only are they performing really well, they're completely uh, in this two game stretch outperforming Denver's and being led by a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when, when he is running the offense, it's You're completely it's, comfortable, it beautiful. Like it's, yeah. it's night and day when, even when him and Kojo are on the floor together, when Hallie is running the offense, it is night and day and it looks smooth. He's one of those, he's one of those, and I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is the wrong way of phrasing it. Tell me if you understand what I mean. Like, he's one of those, like, you look at his box score and it doesn't do the game that he had justice. 100%. Like, his box score is like, yeah, cool. Like, good good job. But when, you, when you're watching the game, you're, he's one of those players like you see everywhere. Like, you see every single thing that he's doing. And I know people hate about talking like hockey assists and things like that, but that would be a huge one in him where he will drive, well, he will set up a first move that then leads to another move, like that you're seeing it, you know, in a a hockey assist, yeah. You're in a hockey. Um, And I know everyone laughs at that because I think someone said yesterday, um, Gobert had like 40 or something in the game. Like it was just ridiculous. And people were like, oh, here we go again. But I think when it comes to Halliburton, like you're seeing that where it's he's setting guys up and and we're seeing the next player follow through with, you know, that piece. Um, but he at least is starting that that setup of of the movement. So Halliburton just told the media as we're recording this, we recorded this as, as close to uh, after the game as, as we could get to. Um, so Tyrese Halliburton is still uh, with the media right now. And Richard Ivanowski just tweeted a quote from it. Uh, Halliburton on the thought of focusing on the future. Tyrese Halliburton responds, that's foolish. I'm trying to win now. Freaking go. love this kid. <laughs> I hate calling. I hate calling grown ass men kids. So I apologize. I love this dude, man. Someone posted this on on Twitter after after the game, and I don't know what the article or what interview this is from, but it says, "So Tyrese, who were you calling?" He says, "I was calling God." And then they said, "How did the conversation go?" He said, first of all, thank you for letting me make the shots." He told reporters of this conversation. Second of all, I feel like when I get going, he's the only one that can save people. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) That is absolutely fantastic. How fun is this? I mean, seriously, like it's like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if this team is good for the rest of the year. I don't know if we're winning a championship or making the playoffs or going to a play in game or finishing 10 games under 500. I just know that they're fun to watch. The consistency is there. And I'm going to go back to that line from Luke Walton. The buy-in is there and you see it on the floor and you see it every time they step out on the court uh, with the exception of that one quarter. This is our first chance. This is the first time we've done a podcast since the regular season games uh, have started as we kind of navigated through these holidays here. 
But, you know, they had they had the, you know, the game that we referenced a couple of times, a really good win against Denver. You mentioned that there's only been one bad quarter of play so far through the four game stretch. Obviously, there was a, a bad stretch here in the third quarter, but they they were able to correct that. And that stretch didn't turn into a quarter, unlike what happened against Phoenix on the second night of that back to back where the Kings kind of fell apart like the last four and a half minutes of the third quarter. And then that stretch of bad basketball turned into a bad quarter, which ultimately became the fourth. And you had 17, 16 to 17 minutes of bad basketball. You had a bad stretch here in the third quarter. They were able to regroup within the quarter, head to the break, come out in the fourth, and they hit a couple of shots right away. And I think it was a five or six point lead that went right, right down to one. And we had a ball game, you know, for the next... 11 minutes or so before it was actually the Kings that pulled away a little bit there during the final stretch. This yeah. is fun, man. It's this is fun. It's I'll nice take it. Feel happy after games and not. That <laughs> oh, was weird. What is this feeling? We will take feeling? it for as long as we have it. We sure will, man. A couple of more notes, a career high weird, but true career high for Harrison Barnes, eight assist. He got his eighth assist with about 10 minutes left in the third. I was confident he was going to get several more. He very much did not. But Harrison Barnes not only had a really impactful game tonight, Harrison Barnes has been really good this season. And with our focus on, hey, how's Marvin Bagley doing? With our focus on, you know, is De'Aaron going to take that next jump? Is he going to be an all-star? And then our focus on Tyrese Halliburton. We haven't really paid attention to the fact that Harrison Barnes has done a hell of a job this year. He's at like 14 and nine or something on the season. And his play has been extremely impactful. So he matched or he surpassed. He set a career high uh, with his eight assists tonight. 13 points. Uh, big night from Rashawn Holmes as well. 10 of 13 from the field. He had five rebounds, three assists to go with his 20 points. Uh, Marvin Bagley was all in his bag uh, in the first half. He had 18 points. Not much work on the boards, though, for a guy who I think has been averaging a double-double on the season. Uh, only two rebounds tonight uh, for Marvin Bagley as he was doing his, a lot of his work uh, outside. But he continues to be impactful in ways when his shot isn't falling. He was 4 of 10, 12 points tonight, but he had three assists. He had eight rebounds, two turnovers uh, for Buddy, and then, of course, De'Aaron with the big night. Did they take one of De'Aaron's assists away? My final box score here has him at 24-9, and and I distinctively remember making a graphic that had him at 24-10. and I think they took one of his assists away. Maybe they had an after. Maybe they had a correction. You know, this is the second time. This will be four games played. This is the second time I've made a graphic, posted it on social media, it been on social media for a while, and then they changed something. <laughs> they changed the final score one time, which I still can't figure out how that happened. But I'm, I'm looking to yeah. the official NBA. I had ESPN up, so I'm looking to the official. Yeah, they took away one of his assists. He wound up finishing with 24 and 9. Um, but yeah, no credit ah, well. to um, Harrison Barnes, too. These four games, he seems to be playing some of his most complete basketball too, on on both ends of the court. But we're yeah. we're seeing him hit pretty much every stat line, 
And and he also was staying within his game, in my opinion, and not not forcing it. Yeah, and it's been so low-key. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, under the radar. Like, hey, by the way, guys, Harrison's playing really, really well. And mm-hmm. he was – he had a, he had established – like, he was a playmaker. Like we said, those eight assists, those came in the first – you know – for it came in the first half and first two minutes of the second half like he was seven (laughs) yeah he was really really running the offense in a in a a special way and and i think that he's done a uh a tremendous job um and i i I think luke walton has done a good job as as curious as people may be about some of his rotations and uh, understandably so but ultimately it worked out i love that they were able to take advantage of a team that Remember, this is this is a Kings team. This is yeah, I know I know that the Nuggets were playing their second night of a back to back, but this is a Kings team that's played three games in four nights. So it's not like they were, you know, fresh and ready to rock and roll. Like they, they this their first three games were over a four night. Like they've, you know, they've 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 run. This is a unique schedule, and you know they've got the the New Year's Eve kind of it's like a matinee game. I think it's at like four o'clock, and starting next week. You know, because we do we do a pregame show on ESPN thirteen twenty during the week. So Monday through Friday, if they have a game, we're going to do a pregame show for it. There, they they play like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then either like a Saturday or Sunday or some other part of a doubleheader for like three straight weeks. They've got a tough, tough schedule coming up. I don't know when they're going to practice. Quite honestly, so the fact that they're playing well uh, and the fact that some things are clicking for them is really good because. They're not going to get a ton of practice time uh, probably until the last week of January or February where they might have a couple of sustained practices in a row where they're able to work on some things and try to correct some things. Until then, it's probably going to be a lot of shoot-around type things, walkthroughs, probably going to be a ton of film sessions. But in terms of like really grinding practices, I don't think they're going to be there. Final score, 125-115 tonight. Jilly, the Kings move to three. And one. Yep. Okay. So nuggets on so, Nuggets on the other hand go to one and three. Yeah. For anyone wondering about Bagley, apparently he wasn't hurt. Luke just went with the lineup that brought them back in the game and went with home Holmes because of he liked his play as of late. I thought Holmes had I, I, Marvin Bagley, we mentioned he had 18 points. I I'd have to go back and check my notes on the ESPN Twitter feed. I think those were all in the first half. I, I could be yeah. wrong. I feel like he was six of nine in the first half. I thought he had 18 points. And, you know, the third, it just never really got going for him. He wound up only playing, you know, 23 minutes. I don't I don't really have a problem with that. Not that big of a deal. I'm not worried yeah. about that. Marvin's good. No. So I just want to make sure that he wasn't actually, that there wasn't. Hurt. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess we, yeah, we get on, we get on high alert. Any, anything involving, involving uh, Marvin Bagley the third, uh, we get on a high alert for. So uh, it's late in Colorado. Jill needs to go to bed. Uh, and most of you know I'm up well past my bedtime. So we appreciate you so much for tuning in. Uh, whether you're listening on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, if you're listening on Thursday, Friday, whatever it may be, have a happy New Year. We'll be back. Uh, maybe we'll do another post game before all the New Year's festivities, which will consist merely of me sitting in my house and going to bed before the clock strikes midnight. (laughs) That's how I roll, baby. That's how I roll. Uh, But regardless, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, uh, tweet, follow Jill Edge. 
Uh, Damian Barling, uh, tell your friends about the Sacramento Kings podcast here on Hoop Ball and Be Heard. We appreciate you so much for listening. For Jill, I'm Damian. We'll see you next time here on the Sacramento Kings podcast. No matter what your favorite sport is, the perfect place uh, to consume it with a little bit of extra fun is my bookie, where the odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. Sign up today or if you're a regular player, get reloaded. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. That's how my bookie rolls. They also boost a full-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, the slots, and card games that you'd expect at your favorite local spot. And the best is, it's not smoky. You don't have to wear your mask because you're distancing. You're at the house. You're completely safe, and the doors never close. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use promo code HOOPBALL. To get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in two hundred dollars, they'll match with you. A hundred dollars. Again, they match all the way up to halfway. All you gotta do is use the promo code Hoopball. It's winning season at my bookie. You bet you win, they pay. That's how they roll at my bookie.